Sometimes, even as Christians, we can feel like God is hiding. We believe in Him, but wonder where He is as we go through a tough time or whatever. Well, today, Pastor David will help us figure it all out. Let's dive in. Eddie Vedder is a singer for a band called Pearl Jam. It's been around a long time. Uh, The internet says Eddie's an atheist. Okay, but he wrote a song called Love Boat Captain. And in that song, he says this. He says, to the universe, I don't mean a thing. There's just one thing that I still believe, and it's love. Now, he recognizes that atheism leads to meaninglessness. That to the universe, if atheism is true, Eddie doesn't mean a thing. doesn't mean anything. He's just a meat sack. But yet, he knows that love is a real thing. Even as he wants to deny God, God is working in the heart of Eddie Vedder to reveal himself to him, to understand, no, 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 there are things that transcend. There is more than just what you can touch, taste, and so on. There are things like love, and God is love. He reveals himself in morality. There's another atheist named Luke Ferry. He's a French philosopher, and he says this about morality. I cannot invent mathematical truths, nor the beauty of a work of art, nor the imperatives of a moral life. They impose themselves on me as if they come from elsewhere. I am not persuaded by the argument that I merely chose ethical values. He's an atheist, and yet he's saying, somehow it sure seems like morality exists outside of me. Like there is such thing as an objective Morality, something that doesn't matter what you think or what I think, that's just true. That there's a real right or wrong, that it really is wrong to torture people for no reason. And it really is good to treat your parents well. That these are real things, not just things that I prefer, not just things that he, as he says, that I chose, but something that's coming from the outside. And philosophers will tell you that if that's true, that if there really are objective moral truths, most philosophers will tell you that means there must be a good God. Because from what other source could they come from? God is not hiding. He reveals himself through the testimony of others. We have the eyewitnesses of miracles. We have the testimony of those who follow Christ. We have the testimony of those who follow Christ in this room and all over the world. Who will witness to you unequivocally that Jesus Christ is alive and at work in them. And has changed their lives. You can't just toss that out. But primarily he reveals himself through Christ, the visible image in flesh of the invisible God. We have the testimony of hundreds of witnesses who saw Jesus Christ do miracles, including healing, casting out evil spirits, raising people from the dead, right? We have Jesus Christ's claims, historically recorded claims that he was God in front of you, in front of us. And we have hundreds of eyewitnesses, hundreds of eyewitnesses of the verification or the proof of that claim that he was God when Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And there are many, many eyewitnesses that said that it's true. It is one of the, it is one of the most attested historical facts in history and one of the most argued with. And one of the facts that people have tried to prove was not true the most, and yet here it stands, still strong. God is not hiding He sent his son 
the visible image and flesh of the invisible God to witness to the truth for all of us. But many still not, do not believe. They want something more. Jesus tells a story of a rich man who's living it up. He's doing his thing. He's living it up. And then there was a man who was very poor. He was a beggar and he lived outside the rich man's house and, and, and basically ate the scraps that fell from the rich man's table and the dogs would come by and lick this guy's sores. It was pretty nasty. They both died the same night. The rich man was in torture, was in heat and fire and flame. And the poor guy, Lazarus, he was with Abraham kicking it, hanging out with Abraham. And they could see each other. And the rich man is saying to Abraham, you know, these are both Jewish men. So he knows who Abraham, he recognizes who he's seen. He says to Abraham, he says, hey, listen, send Lazarus down here to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. Still wanted to use Lazarus as basically a serpent, right? Send him down here. He's like, no, no, I can't send anybody there and you can't send anybody here. There's a great gulf affixed between us. We can't connect with one another. He's like, all right, Abraham, listen. Then send Lazarus back to earth because I got these brothers who are like me doing their own thing, suppressing the truth and righteousness, not wanting to see and recognize God. And he says, send him back to them. And, and Abraham says, they've got Moses and the prophets. They've got the Bible. They've got the word. They'll be fine. They've got, they've got what they need. He says, no, 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 no. But if you sent someone back from the dead, they would believe. And Abraham says, listen to me. This is what he says. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. If they don't believe what they've got, the ways that God has revealed himself, he's not hiding, he's right there. If they're suppressing it there, it won't matter, even if one rises from the dead. And that is the choice that we have. One has risen from the dead. Are you going to believe it? Is it enough for you or not? There are so many proofs of God's existence in science, in philosophy, in morality, in our own internal witness that we can't seem to shake, in the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Listen, there's all kinds of proof. I've been doing these skeptic series for three years. i got lots of them. You want to talk about proof? You want to talk about scientific proof? You want to talk about physics? You want to talk about whatever you want to talk about. We can talk about it. But the fact is, is that at some point you have to make a decision. You have to understand something. The reason you're listening to this right now is because God is not hiding. The reason you're listening to this right now is because God is chasing you down. You think you're here by accident? You think that's how it works? You are hearing my voice because God wants you to hear something. Because God wants you to know that he is not hiding, that he is after you, that he wants relationship with you, that he wants to save you, that he loves you. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. He wants you to seek him. But he's after you. If you're a skeptic, if you don't believe in Jesus, he's after you. Now, I don't have a lot of time to work the spiritual side of this problem, but I'll take a minute because it's mostly about skeptics, but I want to talk a minute about that. I think that there's a couple reasons why God can sometimes feel hidden to the believer, the person who follows Christ, okay? Well, you might feel like he's hidden. Sometimes I think that we don't have a sense of the presence of God because we need to learn something like patience or trust or he's building your faith or you're just not really pouring into him. You're really not seeking after him. There's a lot of reasons like that. 
Sometimes, though, I think God lets us create the illusion that he's hidden because what we do when we think he is hidden reveals our hearts. If you watch a child all the time, never take your eyes off them. When is your child ever going to become a real human? <laughs> when does the child ex- ever exercise her will? She can't. She's like, who's watching? Right? It's the illusion of hiddenness. It's the illusion of the hiddenness of man, of humans. The illusion that we can hide from God is the reason for the, for the illusion of the hiddenness of God. We think he's hidden because we think we can hide. Dallas Willard says this, The hiddenness of God in this is one in which God is not obvious. And that is because he is interested in the will, because God doesn't overwhelm you. God comes in ways that are gentle. And the reason for that is because if God doesn't hide from us, we couldn't hide from him. The basic idea here is that God hides to permit us to hide from him if we want to. See, he is so big that if we didn't hide, if he didn't hide, we couldn't hide. He remains hidden and available to those who seek him. If God was not hidden, how could our hearts be revealed? We would never sin, not because we're good or because we love God, but simply because we saw him watching. If I'm watching my kids and my kids see me watching them, they act really differently than when I'm watching my kids and they don't know that I'm watching them. Right? When I was a kid, I, I, uh, my mom would put Tabasco sauce in my mouth if I said a bad word. Okay, so she'd stick her tongue out and put Tabasco sauce in my mouth. I love Tabasco sauce, by the way. Don't throw me in that briar patch, Mom. No, I, I didn't then, but I've come to love it. So I'm out one day, and I'm outside, and, and I've gotten this skateboard. I'm going over, and there's some kids from the neighborhood who I thought were cool, and I was trying to impress them. And I said something, and, and I said the word suck, or this sucks, this sucks, or something like that. I didn't know that anybody was watching, because I wasn't allowed to say that word. That was a naughty word in my house. So I said that word. I come inside later, and my mom's like, so... I heard you said sucks. And I'm like, yeah. my Aunt Deanne, who's here, she told on me. She was out there and saw me or heard me, and she goes in and she tells my mom on me, my aunt. It's okay. It was for my best. Anyway, I got some hot sauce. It was great. Bottom line, bottom line is you act very differently when you think nobody's watching than you act when you think somebody is watching. I wouldn't betray you if you were watching me, right? But that's not what we want. We don't want to know that you would do what is right or you would show me love or you would do whatever as long as I was watching you so that you were scared not to do that thing, right? I don't want behavior modification. I want a heart. When I'm looking at my own friends or my own wife or my own children, I don't just want you to do something because you're afraid that you're going to get in trouble. You're afraid that I'm watching you. I want you to actually love me and care about me. I want to be in a real relationship because that's good for you and for me. And that's what God wants. That's what God wants with us. When, when somebody comes to the parole hearing and they're like, hey, this guy hasn't committed a crime for three years. Yes, he murdered 87 people. But he hasn't done anything for three years. Like he's been in a cage with people watching him. All day. Please do not use the fact that he couldn't do anything to suggest that now he's this morally great guy. Okay? None of us think that because somebody doesn't do something when they're being watched, that that means that they wouldn't do something wrong when no one is watching. 
That's the test, right? God is looking for real relationship. And real relationship flows from the heart. It flows from the heart. And the heart is revealed when we delude ourselves into thinking that no one's watching. That's when we reveal our heart. If God was so in our faces that we could not possibly deny that he was right there at all times, we would never know our own hearts. We would never know the wickedness that exists there, and therefore we would never know our true and desperate need for Jesus Christ. God is real, and he is not hiding. And listen, this is important. One day every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But we need to seek him now. We need to come to him in humility and confess gladly and willingly and joyfully that Jesus Christ is Lord, not under the compulsion that's going to come when he returns in glory to judge the world. That's not what you want to be confessing. You want to come now. Uh, There's a guy named Pascal. He was also a French philosopher. I've been with a lot of French people today. He was also a French philosopher. He's a Christian. He basically, I'm not going to read the whole quote because we're running out of time, but he basically says, listen, God is always, always revealed to those who seek after him. But for those who seek to not know him, he's hidden, right? He's hidden from those who run from them, run from him with all their heart, but he's always there for those who seek him. Always. That's why you're here. He's chasing you. That's why his son, Jesus Christ, was sent to die. God is not hidden. Those who are genuinely seeking God will find him. And you can find many people, many Christ followers who will tell you about who God is and what he's done in their life and that he is absolutely, without a doubt, real, starting with me. Because I know what God has done. It was not the work of chance and it was not the work of humans. It's only been the work of God. Matthew 7, 7 through 8, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. So what are you asking for? Why are you asking it? Are you truly seeking God? Because if you're not truly seeking God, then please don't blame him for being hidden. He has no, he has no duty to come and put himself in front of you for the medical exam that you want to give him when you have no desire for him. Here's the test. Ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. Ask Jesus to reveal himself to you, and what you'll find is he will. And then you'll know him. And when you know him, oh, that's something. That's something. And for those of us who know Jesus Christ and follow him, what we realize is that he becomes more and more Visible, less and less hidden, the closer and closer that we walk with him. There's a book called Prince Caspian and the Chronicles of Narnia. Once again, C.S. Lewis. You might realize that I like C.S. Lewis. And there's a section in it where Lucy and Aslan are talking, and, and it goes like this. Aslan, said Lucy, you're bigger. And he says to her, that is because you are older, little one, answered he. And she looks at him, not because you are, not because you're older. I am not. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. That's how it is. That's how it is. God is not hidden. 
He's there for anyone who is honest, honestly seeking to find. And he will grow bigger the more you seek him, the more that you know him. Like any relationship, my love for my wife and my knowledge of who she is has become more real day by day and year by year. Same with my children, same with all of you, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ. We grow in relationship. And as you do so with God, you will see that he is not hidden at all. He is not hidden at all. He's closer than you think. And he will give each person, each person will have evidence necessary to have knowledge of who God is. And they will choose to either accept that or to suppress it in unrighteousness. And that's their call. But he's going to give you enough evidence if you ask him for it. He does. And if you have not chosen to follow God yet, I hope that you will find him. Because he's not hidden. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you would reveal yourself to us. Lord, not in the whirlwinds, not in a volcano, not in the loud and, and crashing thing. Don't, you don't need to come into the sky. You don't need to sign our bodies made by God. You don't need to do any of that, Lord. But even just with that still and small voice that you would speak to the hearts of those who are truly seeking you, that they may find you. And they may understand that it's far more complicated than you simply showing up for them to take a picture of you. Lord, that you are so much bigger and more amazing and more incredible than that and that you have revealed yourself, not just through nature, not in just some impersonal way, but through Scripture and in our hearts and all these people in the world who you continuously are going, all these people coming from the Middle East saying they're having dreams, Jesus, of you coming to them and, and telling them who you are. The people in Africa who have said the same thing where, where you've come and you said, I'm Jesus Christ, you need to follow me. And these are amazing stories. You are not hidden, Lord. Help us to understand that. Help us to know that. Help us to understand who we are in you and to get serious about following you and to get serious about helping other people to see you even when they don't want to. Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you that you're not hidden. And then sometimes we thank you that you are, which is to say that we sometimes don't sense you because that's the times when we have to grow closer to you and you build faith, and that faith is like a muscle. And that makes us strong and mighty for the work that you have for us, Lord. As we are soldiers in this war, as we're in this battle here in this place to see people set free from sin to see people set free from addiction, to see people set free from the things that hold them down and to have freedom and love and joy and peace that surpasses understanding in you that no matter what's going on, Lord, we can trust you. You are not hidden. God, we love you so much. Be with us this week. Be with those who are sick. I pray that the rest of the people in the church who are, who are suffering, you'd be with. That those who are celebrating, that you'd be with. That we would rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Lord, but that we would look to you for everything in your name. Do you need Jesus in your life? Have you realized that while you told yourself God was hiding or not there at all, that in reality he's been there all the time, drawing you to himself? If that's you, call us at 360-885-9000. We'd love to help you find the freedom, peace, hope, and new life in Christ that Pastor David has been talking about today. Or better yet, come see us at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. Get easy directions and all the info you need at axechurchnw.org. Thanks for listening. 
And I hope you'll click on the next episode as Pastor David begins to talk about racism. That's right here on Contemplate.